everyone and welcome to DCOM Center, where two childhood best friends review, reflect, and poke fun at the Disney Channel original movies that they grew up with. And maybe more recent ones, but who knows how far we'll go. Hey Michael, have you ever been to Bollywood? No, I've never been to California. No, no Michael, Bollywood is in India. Oh, <laughs> no, not even a little bit. I've been to the Asia Pavilion at uh, at Animal Kingdom. Does that count as visiting India? No. But you could see nah, where the confusion enough. is, right? I can definitely see where the confusion is. Yes. Because this is basically the catalyst of the entire movie we're reviewing today. The Cheetah Girls 3, One World. Well, I guess it's not. The Cheetah Girls, th the Cheetah Girls 1 World, which is the third one. And there's no three in the name. Yeah, the third entry in the Cheetah Girls trilogy. Not a three in sight. No. Although, the act has become a trio. And this movie came out August 12th, 2008, by the way. But yes, there are three Cheetah Girls now. So, I guess that makes sense why there's a sequel. Or why there's a third movie. Yeah, and not a fourth. No. It'd be, be, before we get any farther in this, though, Kelly, I don't want to spoil the rest of this. Why don't you give me a bit of a, a little summary here? Yes, yes, yes. Running off the success of the last year, the Cheetah Girls minus Raven... Ready for the next best thing. They want to star in a Hollywood movie before they go to college. They audition for a Bollywood movie by mistake and immediately fly to India without any parents this time. So that's disappointing. In India, a series of romances blossom as the cheetahs are struck with another surprise. Only one can star in the movie. Which cheetah will rise up to the glory? We'll have to wait and see what Michael says. Find out. Yeah, I mean, whose dream is not to star in a Hollywood movie before college? I mean, that was certainly on my <laughs> high school bucket list. Oh, definitely. A really attainable goal, if you ask me. Sure. <laughs> you got any fun facts for this one? I got a bit. So this is the 73rd DCOM, and actually a DCOM. If you recall, there was a movie called High School Musical 3 that was a theatrical release, and we pretended it was a DCOM. This one actually was on Disney Channel. Listen, High School Musical transcends all, you know, the rules of traditional DCOMs. It did not need to be as good as it was, and it was. And then it got a, a regular theatrical release out of it. All right, well, this is not the High School Musical review. This is the Cheetah Girls review. We're not going to dock that from, the, from, from High School Musical, all right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> this was filmed in M Mumbai, India. So they actually went... Thankfully, oh, you're sure it wasn't New Zealand. I'm sure you can't knock off India with New Zealand. <laughs> and this is something I don't remember. I didn't remember before we got into these movies, but obviously Raven's not in this one. And it came to a big shock to me. They used the excuse in the movie that she was attending Cambridge starting summer semester because the third movie took place in the summer. But in reality, she didn't want to do the third movie. Report said she wanted to focus on her solo career, but it was actually revealed this year when she got an Instagram live with Keely Williams to talk through some things. Like that, like when I was doing my research, it was like, wait, 2021? They're they're now revealing what happened? Huh? What was it? Raven thought the other girls were very clicky, which I can see that, and she felt excluded a lot. And arguments ensued during Cheetah Girls too, so she just didn't want to be a part of it anymore. And Dang it, kids. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't either. That's unfortunate. Rather unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate indeed. Anyway, 
This movie celebrates Holly, despite it taking place in the summer. Holly is actually celebrated at the end of March and signifies the arrival of spring. This year, it began Sunday, March 28th, so like the week that the first Cheetah Girls review episode will have aired. And this week for us, right? Yes, so... Happy Holly, Kelly. Yes, happy Holly. It's not the summer. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah, they don't know where they're left from right, all right? Yes. This one wasn't directed by Kenny Ortega, so they didn't know what was going on. Nope. And the movie premiered to over 6.2 million viewers and reached 7 million viewers in its first half hour. Wow. Which it sounds like a lot for Disney. For, it sounds like a lot for a decom but it's actually the lowest turnout of the series, likely due to fans being upset that Raven was not there. They didn't have the star power, folks. All right. Raven was the Disney Channel gal for that time period. So <laughs> you lose Raven, you lose your viewers. You still give it a chance, but I can see how the kids were like, oh, well, where's Raven? Yeah, definitely. But we gave it a chance. And now you're going to give us a plot. Oh, absolutely, Kelly. Let's dive right into the Cheetah Girls' One World. It's 2008 and the third movie in the franchise, but for some reason, we can't get a tripod for the poor camera people because we start this film with a shaky pan over what I assume is probably the Hudson River into the title card, The Cheetah Girls' One World. I wasn't sure if the clapboard was for the real movie or if I accidentally played some behind-the-scenes on audition like i was like what's going on yeah so like it's revealed that this poor camera quality was on purpose because this is some documentary style intro into our first uh song cheetah love but this is the only part of the movie that's shot like this so it's really strange like why did they make this choice to to start the movie like this yeah i was super confused aside from the weird found footage stuff one other thing is apparent. We're down a cheetah, folks. And I know we've already talk to, talked about it, but I mean, Raven's gone. We've got to acknowledge it. And it's apparent from the very first song in the movie. But if this first song is any indication, it does kind of look like she left right before they peaked music and production-wise. This is a really solid opening sequence, don't you think? Well, yeah, 2008. They just keep improving in the 2000s. Yeah, they've done very well. I thought it was really amusing that this whole song talks about the cheetahs sticking together, but they yep. didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say that. I mean, it's awfully ironic how, how this song says that they're cheetah girls and they stick together for life, but <laughs> it, it, it doesn't seem to ring true because there's clearly one missing. Yeah, definitely is. It seems like the Cheetahs have picked up a sizable audience as this looks like a full-on concert going on here, Kelly. There's backup dancers and everything. It's all sorts of lighting and stuff. Or so it would seem, really, because this was all actually just a dream sequence, all in Chanel's head. Of course. Uh, they, were, they were actually just performing on stage for an audience of one. Some big dude who says that it was kind of rough. I mean, from my perspective, it was great, but I guess he didn't see all the theatrics. Uh, it is then when we finally get the explanation that Galleria has uh, charged off to Cambridge for summer school. So, you know what, Kelly? Anytime a character has to get written out of a show, they just go off to school somewhere. That's it. I mean, at least they gave for an impressive school as an excuse. 
Yeah, good job, Cambridge. But she's in summer school. According to Aqua, it has something to do with her study habits. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but she's there. Hmm. The man isn't interested in representing them, but it's not the end of the world. What truly is the end of the world is that we find out Joaquin and Dorinda broke up Kelly. You remember him? The Count from the second movie? I mean, it was bound to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, they, they, they have a little bit of back and forth about distance and things not working, but Dorinda seems a bit, you know, broken up about it. Yeah, and like every good sequel, they have to address... The characters that they didn't carry over? <laughs> they have to address the characters that didn't carry over right away. Yeah. Because they know that's immediately what people will be thinking about. It's all I thought about in between these movies, Kelly. Where'd Joaquin go? How's he doing? Of course. It was just a spring fling. Just a spring fling in Or a summer fling. Yeah. Well, you know, when in Spain, am I right? Yeah. The cheetahs break for lunch, anything but Spanish, at Dorinda's request. And we cut to an Indian restaurant, uh, where Dorinda makes googly eyes with Ganesh, the elephant... uh, shaped god uh he he's considered the remover of obstacles uh that's what we get explained by the uh one of the servers at the restaurant here so hey ganesh how you doing okay elephant number one in this movie <laughs> the girls have two months until college so they're running out of time to make their big break because you know you have to make your big break before you go to college kelly everyone knows the best time to make your career moves is when you're still a child yes 18 or less yeah, and the girls are on the brink of, of giving up their cheetah dream if, if they can't make it happen now. Just then, Chanel gets a call. Somebody wants the cheetah girls to audition for a movie. A musical at that. I wonder where that came from, Kelly. I mean, you know, it, 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 all sorts of luck happening right here in front of Ganesh. Hmm. Of course, this means that the cheetahs must break into song and dance right in the middle of the Indian restaurant. Of course. Dig a little deeper isn't a spectacular, uh, isn't as spectacular as Cheetah Love, but I'll take it for sure. I mean, I really enjoyed the dance scene, and if if I was in the in the Indian restaurant, I probably would have done a little white boy dance if I was in the restaurant at that time. I mean, it sounded familiar when I watched it. Maybe I did hear it in passing on Disney Channel before. Yeah, I mean, it 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 was a little cringy because it reminded me of like if i don't know kelly if you've ever done like a birthday party at a at a at a spanish restaurant but some of the spanish restaurants i've been to for birthdays a mariachi band comes out at some point it's never comfortable uh so i kind of got a little cringy when they started dancing in the middle of this indian restaurant but it was catchy so i'm all right well there bud don't just call it spanish restaurants it's every restaurant you go to on your birthday i hate all the clapping and the attention Oh, yeah, no, I'm just thinking of, like, literally a mariachi band. Yeah, the Outback, all the waitresses and waiters come out and start clapping and drawing all sorts of attention. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, not a fan. But this is the Cheetah Girls, you know, so it's kind of dinner and a show. Okay. Anyway, I'm glad they got this practice in the restaurant because it's the song that they use for their next audition for the movie that they got the call about. Uh, they perform for the director of the movie, Vic who almost immediately has some sort of a connection with Chanel after they're done. Uh, he wants them in his first Bollywood movie. You heard that right, folks, though. It, it, it's Bollywood, the movie-making capital of the world. Yes, a Hollywood musical. 
Uh, there's no time for a problem, though, uh, because cheetahs, this is a chance in a lifetime, an opportunity to be international movie stars, you know, because the international singers uh, went so well from the last movie, right? Of course. Chanel convinces Dorinda and Aqua to agree, so the girls are boarding that plane. Despite the fact that Vic was actually only supposed to be bringing one girl back with him. They don't know it at the time, but producer uncle, or Vic's uncle the producer, uh, won't be happy with this sudden aggressive expansion. But So they all they can just afford to all, all of them go then? So I think that the flight back is kind of like chump change, you know, in in this in the grand scheme of making a movie, it's the salaries that isn't gonna happen. Still, it's still a really big price to get to India. Oh yeah, for sure. That's a long flight too. Yeah. The girls leave the hustle and bustle of NYC for the hustle and bustle of Mumbai. Dorinda locks eyes with an elephant that's casually walking the streets. And she ignores a call on her cell phone that is ambiguously labeled Spain. Also, what's up with this chicken elephants, alright? She's already spotted two so far in this movie, so something's odd here. I don't know. The cheetahs arrive at their hotel, and it's totally cheetalicious, Kelly. I mean, come on, this thing was gorgeous. Definitely expensive. <laughs> I can see how the movie might not be able to afford them. But they can bunk together. Come on, I feel like they could have spread the wealth a bit here. Yeah, they could have. Anyway, Dorinda finds a shaman now. And of course, he's sitting under a tree next to an elephant. Um, and he tells her to tie a wish string on the wish tree uh, because this could help the cheetahs with a little bit of luck. They could use it after all. So they all tie a string to the tree. The music swells, so I'm sure that the magic will happen. Oh, yeah. If the music says so, then yeah. It's always the music. that that's the, the music drives the plot in a lot of these movies, Kelly. I agree. Before rehearsal, Dorinda advises Aqua against a phone relationship. Because, because, <laughs> because she learned from her mistakes and uh, Chanel tells them that she would do anything to keep the cheetahs together. Which is clearly a lie for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but this whole conversation stemmed because uh, aqua has a budding romance with her tech support uh guy that that she keeps calling on the phone yes kevin yeah kevin with a, an extension that rhymes with his name but i didn't write down so kevin it's like 327 or something something like that yeah yeah i don't get how this phone relationship works because long distance calling is probably way more expensive than that it is now Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I see how it would have been a problem for sh for Dorinda and uh, and Joaquin. But, I mean, Kevin, you know, he, he's a tech support hotline, so it's not really long distance. He's working out of a call center. Yes, yes, but still. That's corporate toll-free. She she picked it right, if you ask me. Yeah, but she calls, she calls him again from India. Like, that's super long distance. Oh, yeah, roaming be. on cell phones way back in 2008? Come on, Aqua, where's this money coming from? Yeah. The girls arrive at India Pictures, and they meet Vic uh, on the lot. He tells them something about how special it is to kiss at the Taj Mahal as they gawk at a, uh, a painting of said Mahal, um, but then it gets whisked away. Yeah, I was like, can they not afford the real Taj Mahal? That's a that's a uh, very 
sought after movie set, Kelly. I don't know if they can afford the Taj Mahal. Mm. He then details the plot of the movie. It's a love story. And uh, that's all we get. Quite the plot there, Kelly. Sweet. A big Bollywood actor is going to be their co-star, which, all right, so I, I guess I see where all the money's going. Because uh, this guy's pretty famous, and he must be a pretty big deal because he arrives in on a motorcycle, Kelly. So that, that, that says something. Oh, yeah, doesn't he do the whole slow-mo hair flip wave? Oh, yeah, helmet off, hair flip, immediately surrounded by all sorts of girls asking him to sign stuff. Yeah, that's why you know. He's a celebrity, and he's real big. Absolutely. I mean, this guy, you know, this is just me. But at first glance, he kind of looks like the Indian Pedro Pascal. Uh, so I kind of get all the swooning that's going on. <laughs> so this big Bollywood actor, his name is Rahim. And moments later, he saves the girls from the wrath of the choreographer for the movie. Because before she yells at them for being late, she falls at the sight of Raheem. Uh, it looks like the two of them have a thing for each other because they both get all giddy when he helps her and he uh, he like snorts when he laughs. So it's, it's actually pretty cute. As soon as she started falling over, I was like, is that me? <laughs> so the choreographer, her name is Gita, uh, and she takes them to rehearsal. She has some beef with them, though, right off the bat, because they can't dance Bollywood style, which, of course, offends Dorinda because her whole thing is dancing. So, like... Yeah, yeah, do not insult Dorinda's dancing. Yeah, no, you can't. I mean, it, you're going to start some sort of a dance battle or something. Oh, gosh. Insert dance battle here, Kelly. <laughs> is this battle the I don't dance version of High School Musical 2? That's exactly what I compared it to. I mean, it, it's incredibly reminiscent of I Don't Dance from High School Musical 2. Uh, but I, I actually really loved Dance Me If You Can. I mean, again, it's no High School Musical. But something about seeing the mix of the traditional Bollywood-style dance moves mixed with the Cheetah's uh, hip-hop style, it was, it was fun. And I thought this whole sequence was a blast. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Way more than I Don't Dance. Oh, you liked it better than I Don't Dance. I never liked I Don't Dance. Oh, I we love I Don't that. Dance. All right, I see I see where this might be contentious here. Yeah, I loved I Don't Dance, but, you know, it, this was a good sequence. Yep. It ends very similar to I Don't Dance 2, though, Kelly, because they kind of become friends there at the end. Uh, th this, this dance battle ended with friendship between Dorinda and Gita. Yeah, they, like, earned each other's respect. I'm like, okay, nice dance battle. Yeah, for sure. And it And, again, they had fun, so... Oh, it, that's how it they, you, you can solve everything with dance kelly that's what footloose taught me oh yeah <laughs> never saw it i haven't either <laughs> okay at the end a guy comes out and asks who the cheetahs are excuse me yeah it looks like the jig's up kelly because remember vic was only supposed to bring one girl back to star in this movie the budget says one girl and that's all that the movie will have and uncle will see to it the girls, as it turns out, are going to have to audition individually, and Uncle will choose the best one to star in the movie. Uh, That's right. The cheaters are being pitted against each other. Not cool, man. Why every time? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Like, it, the first movie, they're pitted against each other because of Galleria. The second movie, they're all pitted against Galleria because reasons. And now, <laughs> outside forces are pitting the cheaters against each other. So even when they don't cause their own issues, they're being pitted against each other. Not cool, man. Rather than compete, the cheetahs decide they're willing to walk. 
Even though they leave together, Dorinda and Aqua, always the first to leave, uh, think maybe the cheetahs are over. Cue the breakup song, Kelly, because, I mean, you know, even though they decided not to go against each other, something told these two girls that they had to break up. Also, is it just me or all these musical numbers longer? Yeah, it feels like they put the whole song in, right? Rather than an abridged version? Yeah, just like High School Musical 3. That's the same thing they did there. Yeah, I mean, maybe they eyed a theatrical release for this or something. I really don't know. Oh, well, it came out two months before High School Musical, so. Mm. Well, I, you know, if if you ask me, Fly Away, the, the song that's playing now, it, it's a bit too melodramatic for me and a bit out of left field as well because it, it it's just strange that they immediately say maybe we should break up but i mean hey to each their own maybe people like this part it was okay yeah and i also think this song is the most oversung and edited song so far because their voices sound unrealistic to say it nicely i wasn't a fan of this one yeah Chanel thinks Doe should do the movie, Doe thinks Aqua should do the movie, and Aqua thinks Chanel should do it, naturally. Um, Chanel now thinks they all should do it, because they had their little triangle of, of, of support. Um, audition fair and square, cheetah style. Okay. After this, Aqua's tech support crush, Kevin, gives her a call. <laughs> he says he's uh, watching a beautiful sunset, and... And wait, wait, wait a second, Kelly. Aqua's watching a beautiful sunset, which means that they're in the same time zone. And oh my goodness, they're literally right next to each other, Kelly. Okay. What a reveal. Okay. That's, that's such a stretch. First of all, I'm not used to people answering a number they don't know because we live in the age of spam phone calls every day. Oh, I don't answer a single phone number if it's not one already saved to my phone. Yes. And in the scene, when Aqua's on the phone and she turns away, the ADR is super bad. Oh, awful. And I think actually this was a thing probably in 2008, but it's like, it's just a stereotype that all tech guys are Indian. And they're like, well, since they're going to be in India, let's just make him there. Like, how convenient for the current time. But like, wouldn't it, well, wouldn't it be better if like he lived in New York? He was tech support for new york and lived in new york but no we're gonna make all the tech guys indian and we're gonna put the cheetah girls in india so whoa they're right there yeah again this this tech support line wouldn't i mean probably wouldn't fly in 2021 but hey who knows the world's a weird place um but the reveal was shocking to me kelly i never expected this to happen i thought kevin was a throwaway character it seemed like he was, like, she just had this little crush on this guy that she only knew by his voice. And then all of a sudden, he just calls her, and he's like, hey, like, watching the sunset. She's like, oh my gosh, me too. And they're like, oh my gosh, we're next to each other. We're going to recognize each other, even though we've never seen each other. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a meat cute. It's a bit of a stretch, but still, you know, it works. It is a meat cute. It's a cute meat. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just, oh gosh, it's so, it, it's such a stretch. Yeah. All right. So, so Kevin's real name is Am- Amar, and uh, oh, look at that! Doe found another elephant. Shocker. Vic calls Chanel, and she leaves to take it, which makes Doe sad because she thinks her friends are abandoning her for their own interests. 
Sounds like the plight of a certain other cheetah who uh, didn't make it into this movie. Hmm. Shoes on the other foot now, huh? Guess so. Her spiritual friend by the elephant tree gives her some advice about change and understanding that when things are bad, they don't stay that way. Solid advice. I'll take that. Then homeboy reaches down and straight up hands her a pocket elephant to keep with her at all times. And I literally laughed out loud because you could drop an elephant in the middle of the ocean and Dorinda would sniff that bad boy out. <laughs> like she, it, they're everywhere to this girl. Yeah. Then our tree guy smacks her with a leaf and calls it clarity. Uh, this man is the funniest thing in any of these movies, Kelly. Michael, next time I see you, I'm going to slap you with a leaf. I, I appreciate it. I could use some clarity. Aqua and Amar are walking around, enjoying the sights and tastes of Mumbai, truly living the best life. Uh, they talk about his plans to go to college in India as part of his father's plans, not Columbia like Aqua is starting to push. Back at the India Pictures lot, Doe sees Rahim, uh, and she sees that he's too nervous to rehearse with Gita. Uh, she chastises him a bit for, uh, for, you know, being nervous around her and he opens up, you know, he tells her that he feels a lot for Gita and, and he admits that he's never even kissed a girl off camera, which is, I mean, kind of shocking to Dorinda. He's a, he's an Indian superstar, but you know, he's, he's, he's a real dude. He's a shy Indian superstar. Yeah. He's a real dude. You know, he has feelings. He wants her help not to act like such a dork around Gita um but she's so anti-love that she doesn't want to help him uh when he finally offers to help dorinda with her audition she reluctantly agrees vic and chanel are talking now he's rewriting the script because if uncle doesn't approve of it it's off to dental school for him that's right it's either do well with his film or his parents are going to send him off to be a successful dentist somewhere goodness that's a big difference. Yeah, truly. The music kicks in and Chanel has some feelings, so it's time to sing. What If comes in and hey, I mean, it's no Gabriella ballad, but at least it's better than Fly Away. Yeah. One thing about this one though, Kelly, I mean, I don't know if you caught this or didn't like it as much as I did, but I really hated how much she looks at the camera through all this. Like, this is really just a music video in the middle of a movie. Well, I like the music video style, but I was too busy focusing on the fact that she had backup vocals just casually backing her up throughout the movie, even though she was walking around alone. <laughs> and then she finishes the song while the song keeps playing for a few seconds. Again, something that happened in the finale song from the last movie. Yeah, it's this This one was, you know, the, the ADR is egregious throughout this movie, but so is the, the edit, the, the vocal editing in the songs. And I'm sure it was always heavily, heavily edited through all of these movies. But like this one is, is really rough. Um, so, you know, I, I did like this better than Fly Away, as I said. Um, but truly, it it's no Gabriella Ballad. I'll just say it again. It's so easy to compare this movie, like these movies to High School Musical, but they're also just so different. Drastically different. Um, yeah. So Vic is shown the wedding set for his movie, and it's underwhelming, to say the least. I, I mean, half of it's made out of styrofoam. So he goes to his uncle and lets him know that it's not exactly what he had in mind. 
Vic went to NYU film school. He knows how these things work. But Uncle says he's got some deadlines for Vic to meet. And again, if he underperforms even slightly, the movie's over. Amar invites everyone to Holly at his place. And once again, Kelly, happy Holly. We picked a great time to do these movies. Yeah. He thinks that his home may actually be a great location for the movie, which would help Vic out a lot. Uncle is tagging along, too, because he doesn't trust Vic yet, so he's he's got to see what's going on. And before they all leave for this, this vacation from their vacation, uh, they go to untie their tree strings, and the tree swami guy gives them some more advice and threatens to hit them with some clarity again. Only Aqua ended up untying her string because, I mean, hey, her dream kind of already came true. I wonder what it was. Hmm. Also, I love how the uncle has zero trust on, in his nephew, even though he went to NYU, like one of the best film schools there is. Yeah. The uncle doesn't think that he knows anything about location scouting, but he, he should since he graduated from NYU. Yeah, I think trust is a big issue here, Kelly. I don't know. Uh, uncle doesn't really seem to be very... I mean, it, granted, Uncle is funding Vic's movie, but he doesn't seem to be very... Um, lax with his expectations not at all which i guess he's entitled to i think he's entitled to it he's paying for the movie yeah but it's kind of rude that he's holding the the whole dental school thing over his head yeah it's one thing to like take away the movie funding it's another to like send you to dental school (laughs) yeah what a slap on the hands you're going to dental school Anyway, uh, we road trip montage, and in the car, Chanel and Vic bond over their entertainment dreams. They really are a match made in Bollywood, Kelly. (laughs) They arrive at a Mars Holly celebration, and oh, look at that. Straight out of the car, Dorinda finds an elephant. Of course, it's staring at you. All right, the the thing has enormous eyes, and you're wearing a bright pink outfit. I swear, this chick is like Harry Potter with the Horcruxes. I mean, they're extremely difficult for anyone else in the world to find, but Homegirl sniffs them out like she's one of them or something. I feel like maybe this is one of those things where viewers voted on some weird thing to happen. Like in Xenon, how there was just like a million Zs and you had to count them. Yeah, it's like, hey, guess how many elephants, uh, including Ganesh, are, are in this movie? Yeah, that might have been a thing. I don't remember, but I have no idea. There's just there's just too many. There's just a lot. How is this how is this not a thing? There's just a lot of them. And it's always Dorinda who finds them. Yes. Oh my god. I I got I get a kick out of it, but I mean it's still strange. Yep, yeah, it's funny. I love it. So uh Holly's in full swing and it, it looks like a blast. I mean there's lots of colors and dancing. It's it's very beautiful. The outfits are gorgeous and, and everyone seems to be having a, a lot of fun. It makes me really want to go to the Asia part of Animal Kingdom for some reason. I don't know. Oh goodness. Amar whisks Aqua off and Chanel asks if they just got married or something because of all the festivities and all that going on. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Of course, it turns out that Amar is rich, um, and he takes them all to his parents' palace. Looks like Kevin from Tech Support is a Maharaja, Kelly. What does that mean? I don't know. I think I assume it's some sort of Indian royalty. He he's the Joaquin, the the Count Joaquin of of the third Cheetah Girls movie. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Also, Aqua's like, why didn't you tell me you're rich? <laughs> 
They just met in person. I don't I don't think Kevin needed to say that. Not yet anyway. Like they just started talking. Yeah, I mean I'm sorry it never came up when I was trying to fix your broke computer, alright, Aqua? Jeez. Sorry I don't flex my money everywhere I go. Yeah, and then when I finally met you in person, I didn't really feel like saying, by the way, I'm rich, just so you know. J- just just so you know, yeah. <laughs> Let's get this out of the way. I'm rich. Yeah, and, and I mean, of course, since he has money, he's troubled because he can't follow his dreams. But I mean, it's it's whatever. I don't I don't feel for him. Yeah. Family dinner time. Looks like Amar's mom thinks Aqua and him are going to be married soon. So she says to take note of all his favorite dishes that are present here at this fine meal. They're moving really fast. Really fast. They just met. She really likes the... the Tikka masala that they're eating, which, I mean, I thought was a big thing in the UK, but all right, let's roll with it. Yeah, but it probably came from India first. Well, Amar is going to let Vic film his movie at his house uh, on the condition of casting Aqua as the lead, which which seems kind of like cheating, Kelly. I thought they were doing this the cheetah way, fair and square. Uh, they should be. But, I mean, I guess Aqua really doesn't have anything to do with this. This is Vic's doing and Amar's doing, but... You know, what What? What are we to do? I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll sort this out in a bit. Hopefully. Rahim and Gita have a uh, cute scene in the courtyard where Dorinda pushes him to make his move. Their their convo gets interrupted, though, when, when she gets another phone call from the entire country of Spain. <laughs> uh, across the courtyard, she also spots Chanel and Vic acting very close. So she thinks Chanel is cheating her way into the movie. You know, getting close up with the director. They all have their ins on this movie. But I like how, since Dorinda had the main love interest in the last movie, now she is the one helping get someone else together. Yeah, no love for you. <laughs> so this makes two cheetahs playing dirty, Kelly. And I mean, I, I, well, I'll count it two and a half. Two and, uh, yeah. So two cheetahs playing unintentionally dirty and, and Dorinda half kind of playing dirty because, I mean, how much pull does Raheem actually have? None of them are playing dirty. Dorinda's just helping out a guy in need. The other two are just infatuated with boys. True, true, true. So Vic tells Chanel about the pitch Amar gave him about casting Aqua in exchange for the location. And now Chanel thinks the other two are cheating, and Vic says that she's actually the only one playing fair. Quite the dilemma these girls have found themselves in, Kelly. Goodness. Circle Games comes in to lay out exactly how twisted and convoluted this all has become. Decent song. Ain't nothing too bad about it. Uh, At the end of it, the cheetahs have their little cat bite, uh, and all very mad at each other right in time for the audition. They sing I'm the One which is a uh, pretty self-explanatory song title, Kelly. And uh, halfway through it, Vic, Raheem, and Amar jump in, and they sing it. Uh, They change it to She's the One, each pitching their individual cheetah to the the producer uncle. I thought this was cool. I mean, you know, the cheetahs are fighting, but I I liked this song. I liked this sequence. Yeah, I was surprised that they would just start singing, but I was happy that they, they got a chance. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a novel um, way to have an audition, have them all audition together and, and then pick the best one. But, you know, whatever works. This <laughs> is Bollywood, baby. Yeah, it's, you know, normally you audition separately, but okay. Whatever works. 
I'm the one is a pretty stark contrast to our typical cheetah fair because they're usually all about sisters and amigas and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's really uh, jarring to have a song all about be me, 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 you know? Yeah, instead of we, 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 sisters, sisters, sisters. <laughs> so Chanel gets the role. This is Uncle doing Vic a favor in the end here. He gives him a little wink before announcing who he picked. Uh, but this victory isn't all that sweet. It's time for a sad song. Really rapid fire with the songs here, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, and the cheetahs in this song come to terms with what has happened. No Place Like Us, is it, it's a cute song. I, I think it's shot really well. I like how they're in different parts of this little castle thing, and you can see them across the courtyard from each other. Um, one thing I couldn't stand was those uh, circle tracking shots in the, in the middle of the song. Uh, it made me dizzy, so I couldn't actually watch the first chorus. But you know, I, I I liked the music. Yeah, and I just was like, wow, they they resolved that immediately. Yeah, I mean, guess it's because there's only 13 minutes left. But wow, exactly. They 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 time was running out. They had to figure this all out. <laughs> so I mean, here they go. The the girls make good at the end of the song, and although change is inevitable, they will all still be cheetahs. And by the way, Chanel isn't going to take the part because it's not worth losing each other as friends. So, I mean, you know, she's got her morals on straight. She's sticking with her guns uh, like she was in the beginning of the movie saying she just wants to keep the cheetahs together. Yeah, good for her. So they all agree to bow out of consideration. Chanel says Vic should stand up for himself and make the movie he wants to make. Then Vic asks if Chanel can't be his leading lady on screen, maybe she will take the role in real life, Kelly. <gasps> and they kiss. Sorry, but they, they kiss here, Kelly. Uh, uh, don't apologize to me. That was warranted. All right, yay, everybody. This was a warranted kiss for Kelly. Good job. Oh, shut up, Michael. Cheetah Girls 3 did something right. You know this one was fine. This one was fine. They're not 13-year-olds, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That these, these cheetahs are old. Amar apologizes to Aqua for the mess. He he was just trying to make it make things happen, you know? She wanted he wanted her to succeed. She wants him to follow his dream though, not to buy her hers. Amar decided that he's actually going to apply for Columbia after all. So, hey, maybe he'll end up in New York with her. <laughs> of all the places to go. You live in India and you're you're gonna possibly go to school in New York. Yeah, because of this girl you initially met over tech support. Wow. Finally, tying up all the loose ends here, Kelly, Dorinda sends Rahim off to profess his love for Gita. Um, it's rather awkward, but super cute, and uh, she agrees to go have dinner with his flowers. Success! <laughs> that was really cute. I thought it was adorable. So, do the Cheetah Girls really go all this way to not star in a movie? I assumed they, that they all would be the star in the end, but no, it goes to Gita. Uh, you know, they didn't quite get their international movie star fame, just like they didn't quite get their international singer uh, fame from, from the second movie, but at least they got two really solid vacations out of these movies. I mean, good for them, I guess. Yeah. So everyone has found love but Doe. Uh, she can change that, though. She she flips up her phone and calls Joaquin, finally, you know, because Spain's been trying to get in contact with her all movie. 
She tells him that just because they're not going out doesn't mean they can't be friends. When she goes to put her phone away, she pulls out her pocket elephant. We really can't go a solo solo Dorinda scene without him. Nope. Looking at an old movie poster, the Cheetahs have a brilliant idea for who should play the lead in the movie with Raheem. It's Gita. Of, of course it's Gita. How could it not be Gita to star in this movie? She's a fantastic dancer, clearly a good singer, and she she's perfect for this role. Yeah, I, just, I wish they came to that conclusion, you know, before using a lot of the budget on the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Vic stands up for his decision. This was what he wanted now, because he truly believes in it, and he wants to make a great movie. This makes Uncle happy. Because now Vic is starting to sound like a real director. (laughs) Okay. It's time to make a movie. Let's get out of here with One World. This movie's literal showstopper. I mean, I absolutely love this song. And I love this scene. And I thought it was a strong end to a great entry in this iconic DCOM franchise. And it's really an important message to carry over to real life. Is it not? I agree. Oh, and of course, Dorinda ends the movie on the back of an extra large pachyderm. <laughs> but, like, I really love this song. I mean, this song also played uh, at the Disney Channel Games in the last season. I love it. But what is their role in this movie? So they got to be in the movie, but they're not the star. So what is their role? That's just that, that's just the question the movie left me with. <laughs> Fantastic question, Kelly. I don't think we got an answer. Nope. Well, I, like I said, this this movie ended on a high. This this song was fantastic. What did you think of the, the whole thing overall, Kelly? Overall, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, of course, I was disappointed not having Raven, but I thought this movie was almost on par with the sequel. And obviously way better than the original movie. Yeah, I think they, they improved with each iteration. Again, it was upsetting not to have Raven. Um, but I, I stand by it. I think the songs and the, and the scenes in this movie, like the set pieces, were like a step above even the last movie. Yeah, I even enjoyed the soundtrack just as much, just as much as the sequel. And it's also been stuck in my head since we since I watched it. it. And that did not happen with the first movie. It only happened with the second and the third movie. No, like I'm I'm very familiar with the with the, with the songs in each of these movies. Um, just because again, like they, they played during the commercial breaks on Disney channel, my entire childhood was spent glued to Disney channel. Um, so they, they've all been firmly ingrained in my head. Um, but one world is, is like, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. It's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, it, I, 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 I do think that the, the soundtrack was right up there with the rest of them. Yeah. I mean, I also grew up watching Disney channel, but I did not grow up liking the Cheetah Girls. So I probably didn't pay much attention if they were on a commercial because I don't remember much. There's some songs from this movie that it sounded like I've heard it before, but not enough to immediately recognize it. But for this movie, like sometimes it's hard to make a trilogy good, but I like this more than the High School Musical 3. Like way more. Really? Michael, of course I liked it better than the High School Musical 3. Oh uh, yeah, you hated High School Musical 3. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I we compared a lot, but I... I really relaxed and had fun with this movie. It was a good decom to watch. And I can no longer say that I'm only a High School Musical fan and a Cheetah Girl hater. And I'm really thankful for Decom Central for allowing me to see the Cheetah Girls in another light. Or its proper light. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we 
firmly steered the the ship from you hating the cheetah girls to actually enjoying one of them so i'm I'm happy to hear that kelly it was unwarranted and i'm sorry but i still don't like the first one so it, it, i just never <laughs> I, went I, and I'll finished it i that. suppose or watched all of them fully they have to have gotten better with age because by the time the third one came out, I, I, I own the third one on DVD somewhere. So, I mean, it had to have made an impact culturally well, for me to own the DVD. Yeah, but you don't think about that when you're when you're in 2003, like, oh, movies are going to get so much better in the next years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We didn't know. We were dumb. <laughs> Very dumb. Any other thoughts on, on Cheetah Girls One World, Kelly? Nope, but definitely recommend it if you've never seen it, just for the fact that Raven's not in it. Still a really good movie. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review so we can improve and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Decom Central Pod, so feel free to follow us there and wear a mask, get vaccinated. Okay, thanks. Alvida, cheetahs. <laughs> <laughs>